today, uh, I'm going to kind of leap off of what we, you know, I know that folks here at Winter's Church, most of you heard at least a version of what I said last night. You know, I give it to you in about 17 different versions. It's kind of like a, a NIV, ESV, uh, Amplified, you know. Uh, I've been amplifying on, on this particular, these particular scriptures that I've been talking about out of Matthew. And, um, but uh, the, re- the reason why I brought that up in, um, in association with what I feel like the Lord is saying about us coming into agreement with God's plan is that in order for us to come into agreement with God's plan, we must first discern what the plan of God is. And the only way that we can discern what the plan of God is is by, uh, by the Spirit. You know, we're not going to do it by trying to interpret what we're seeing in the natural. The natural is a very poor indicator of what God's doing by His Spirit. And so we as God's people have to continually, we have to train ourselves uh, or we have, to, we have to remember that we don't want our minds trying to train our spirit, but we want it the other way around. We want our spirit to train our minds. We want the anointing to teach us. We don't want to try to teach the anointing or, or dictate, you know, we want, we want, to be, we want our lives to be uh, dictated by the anointing of God's spirit and by the plan of God. And so uh, the, reason, the reason why that uh, I, I brought that up again is because I think a lot of the reason why uh, we see that verse of Scripture in the Bible about many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, is because there will be a lot of people, they won't necessarily depart from uh, the faith as far as uh, they're, they're, not going to, uh, they're not going to get away from religion. But what many people will get away from is from God's plan for their life. You know, we're not, we're not about religion here. We're about relationship. When you get over into religion, religion will make you try to believe a whole lot of stuff. For example, here's what religion says. Religion says, you know what, if you'll, if you'll repent of your sins, you'll have revival. You know what, I'm going I'm to tell you something. That's not really what the Word of God teaches. The Word of God teaches you can't really repent till you've been revived. You get revived and you'll go to repenting, true repentance. You'll truly turn away from that. But you can't really, you can't really truly repent until you've had an encounter. Listen, y'all have tried to, some of you, did any of you make any resolutions this year? We hadn't talked about it, but you know, some people, they make, some people repent on the 1st of January every year. And most people aren't successful in, in any of their repentance. You know what I'm saying? But anytime we've been touched by God, amen. You know what? I couldn't quit cussing. I couldn't quit drinking. I couldn't quit smoking. I couldn't quit drug doing. I couldn't quit doing any of those things until the entrance of God's spirit into my life, until I passed from death unto life. And the moment I had an encounter with it, see, that's why God doesn't ask us to change before we come to him, because he knows it's impossible for us to do that. So, but you hear it in the church all the time. Well, if you'll change, God will fill you with his spirit. We're not capable of that kind of change on our own. The only way that we can change. See, religion says change and God will fill you. But here's what the Bible teaches. I'll fill you with my spirit and because of that, you'll change. So we've got to, we've got to quit approaching the Lord from this idea that um, his, his acceptance of us or his, uh, um, his ability or inability to fulfill his purpose in our life is based on or predicated by our performance. 
Your performance has very little to do with God's ability to fulfill his plan in your life. Do you, but do you know what is important in order for God to fulfill his plan in your life? Is that you agree with it. Amen. And you can't agree with it until you, amen. That's like them people get on Facebook say, hey, agree with me in prayer. God, God knows, uh, God, uh, uh, the Lord knows the need. Listen, how can we agree with you if we don't know? You, you might as well just shove that right back in your mind. Because you can't, you can't come into agreement with someone. Uh, well, what's going on? Don't ask. Well, you know what? Don't ask me to pray for you then. You understand? Because how do I know that I'm agreeing with something that aligns with the Bible? You know, agree with me that I, my divorce goes through good. Lord told me to divorce my husband, you know. I had a lady tell me that. Lord told me to divorce my husband. I, 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 didn't, know what, I didn't know what was going on. It just came out of my spirit. I, I said, no, he didn't. Before I even knew what, it, you know. I said, no, he didn't. She goes, yes, he did. I said, no, he didn't. Because by the time, you know, you say, no, he didn't, you got yourself out there. <laughs> and she said, how, how, how dare you tell me that? Are, are you trying to condemn me? I said, no, I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to get you to understand that the Lord will never tell you to do something that contradicts his word. I said, now, you may, be, I, I, you, may be, you may be divorcing your husband, and that might be the thing that you need to do, you know, just based on you. But don't go putting it on the Lord like, the, you know, you got a revelation or something. You know, if, if God tells you anything, here's what he's going to say. You can make it. But you know what? Some people make mistakes. Some people wrong, marry the wrong person. And you know what? A divorce, uh, according to Scripture, is a sin, but it's a forgivable sin. <laughs> Amen. Thank God. But you know, sometimes divorced people have gone through, and there's, there's times in history divorced people have gone through the ringer uh, by religious people and been told that they couldn't do ministry and this and that and the other. You know, it's like people saying you can be gay or you can be a Christian, but you can't be a gay Christian. That sounds good until you say it this way. You can be fat. Or you can be a Christian, but you can't be a fat Christian. Because last time I, last time I read the book, uh, gluttony is just as big a sin as homosexuality. But see, you, you know why you don't hear you can be fat? Or a Christian, but you can't be a fat. You know, you don't hear preaching like that? Because then that disqualifies 95% of the people in the body of Christ. Well, 95% of the preachers. <laughs> now, now, are we, con are we condoning um, obesity or, or uh, you know, or or anything like that, or uh, over overeating and and uh, gluttony, and no, that's we're not condoning it. But we're, we're all in that battle. We're all in that struggle. And thank God, when He relates to us, He doesn't relate to us based on our struggle. Amen. He relates to us based on His Word. Amen. And so, uh, glory to God. And thank God, He gives us His Spirit. Amen. So that that's why we were talking about that whole thing. In order for us to steer clear of being those that say Lord Lord but he says depart from me, we have to be doers of the of the will of God. Well, God's will and God's word are one and the same. Uh, God's plan for your life will align with the word of God. And uh so we first have to be able to discern. Um 
The book of Isaiah said this, uh, uh, behold, I do a new thing. Will you not know it? Or in other words, will you not discern it? Will you not recognize it? Uh, uh, that's the, that's that, and I believe that's the conundrum that we find people in in the body of Christ. There's so much that we do in order to try to interpret what it is that God is doing, and much of it has to do with what we feel or what we see in the natural. And so we've embraced things that contradict the Word of God. I'm about to say something, man, Jesus, why, why are you telling me to stuff? <sighs> um, yeah, we do. And listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not, uh, you, you all know I'm, 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 I don't get into politics and things of that nature. I do talk about it every now and again. <laughs> but it is not my, it's not my deal because I, I don't vote, you know, so you, you can take that for what it's worth. Someone once told me, he said, well, you have no say. You don't vote. I said, you can think of it that way. That's fine. I said, but it's not going to keep me from telling the truth. Right. And the truth is, Jesus said we all ought to be uh, watching out how we look at politics. In fact, Jesus called it wicked and evil, and I, I won't get into that today, but anyway. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that I found troubling in the church was when um, Donald Trump our, our, was our president, and former President Donald Trump was in office, and uh, people began to say he's the chosen one, and they began to say that he was God's man, and uh, you know... <laughs> Anyway, people began to say things of that nature, and uh, the man's character didn't. The man's character didn't reflect the fruits of righteousness. Even someone who's a Christian, who who is struggling in life, will uh, there will be a reflection of the Word of God in their life. And some people say, "Well, he's the chosen one." He's you know, the Lord finally spoke to me, and he said, "And and and because I know I know many of you here are Trump supporters, and I'm not I'm not I'm not bashing on Trump supporters. Uh, uh, listen, I I'm I'm praying that some of you didn't support Biden, but anyway, because <laughs> this is this be your fault then." <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway, now again, I'm not, I'm not endorsing one side or the other. I'm just looking at it, and you know, uh, I really like them low gas prices. But anyway, uh, I like being able to buy more food and stuff with the money that I had. But, uh, um, <laughs> but the Lord spoke to me, and He said, you know, all these people who are believers have been calling Donald Trump uh, the, the chosen one. And, I, you know, we should have known when God's people began to endorse Trump more than they endorsed the Lord Jesus Christ. When people that had never put Jesus on their Facebook, but they had Trump all over their Facebook. Some people wouldn't even put a bumper sticker of Jesus on their car, but they plastered their car with support for a political candidate. And, you know, we, you, we, we should have known then that something was going to, something was going off the rails. But the Lord spoke to me and he said that Trump, he said, he said, Donald Trump was a Saul. And I wasn't asking him about it. I wasn't inquiring. I was, I was just sitting there and he told me Donald Trump was a Saul. I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, he said, look at my word. He said, he was a Saul. Y'all you know, know about King Saul. Saul was uh, put into uh, the office of the king based on the desires of God's people, but not on the desire of God. In fact, God told him, he said, uh, you want a king? Am I not, am I not your king? Am I not sufficient? 
and you know what they they said they said well lord this one has a king and this one has a king and this one has a king we need a we need a king the lord said it's not my desire for you to have a king but it but because you want one and you don't desire me to be your king anymore i will give you a king and they they immediately went into the permissive will of god but do you, know, do you know what marked the reign of Saul? Saul never sought the presence of God. Well, Donald Trump was for the church. Really? Since when being for the church or, or, or uh, politically aligning yourself to uh, push uh, 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 things that are, uh, be- that are best for uh, an organization, since when is that being uh, for God or Christian? But do, you, but do you know how you, do, you, you, you know how you determine whether someone be of God or not? It's not based on being judgmental. You just look at the word of God. Yes. And, and Saul, when Saul came into his, his, his rule, he never sought the presence of God, Ralph, not one time. In fact, he knew where the Ark of the Covenant was, but he didn't go after it. Of course, David came along, and the first thing David did is said, where's the Ark? Where's the, where's the presence of God? And he ran after the presence of God. He humiliated himself to return the presence of God back to its rightful place. Amen. Came came into town dancing in his underwear. His wife looking down on him, being ashamed. He looked up at her and he said, I'm ready to become even more undignified than this. Glory to God. But but that's that's how hungry he was. He was a man after God's heart. Amen. And all that he did, he did uh, for the glory of God. He, not, no victory that he ever won did he ever take credit for. But you know what? Saul never gave God glory for anything that he did. And, and all the, when the Lord told me he was a Saul, immediately I, the clips of Donald Trump that I had seen online and on started rolling in my mind. And every time something would be accomplished by his administration, you know what he would say? You're welcome. Even Roe v. Wade, when it was overturned, he wasn't even president no more. They said, did you hear about Roe v. Wade being overturned? He said, yeah, you're welcome. And, and there was never glory brought to Listen, church, you, you want me to tell you what scripture says? No, amen. Well, I'll just read it to you. Go to, go to 1 Corinthians. I'm going to read it to you. Now, I'm, you say, why are you saying this, Pastor Zig? Because we got to learn how to discern. See, this, this shows you how far off the rails the church has gotten from being able to discern and perceive the difference between what is God's plan and what is not God's plan. First Corinthians, run there. First Corinthians, uh, let me remember this. Hebrew, no, I'm not going there. Anyway, First uh, Corinthians chapter uh, 12, that's why this verse of Scripture was put in the, in the Bible. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, now if you, uh, does anybody have a paper Bible? Someone have a paper? All right. Those of you with a paper Bible, look at that word gifts. Is it italicized? That word gifts is italicized because the uh, translators of the scripture added that word to try to bring clarity to that verse. They didn't do us good with that one because Paul wasn't just talking about spiritual gifts. He was talking about things of the spirit. He was thought so that that scripture, if you take that word gifts out, it says now concerning spiritual brethren, or in other words, the things of the spirit now concerning spiritual matters, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. I don't want you to be stupid. Uh, ESV says, I don't want you to be uninformed. 
You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, therefore, in other words, you were led astray when you were outside of Christ. You were led away by idols that uh, couldn't speak. You know, uh, that's, that's important. God is a speaking God. Do you know how God talks? I'll tell you how he doesn't talk. He doesn't talk through your natural circumstances. You've got to quit trying to find the voice of God and understand what God is saying based on what you're going through. God is not trying to tell you anything by what you're going through. Lord, what are you trying to say to me? Why am I going through this? Well, Lord, are you trying, to, you trying to move me? In a, no, the devil's trying to kill you. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. God, when God speaks, he speaks. You know what? The Bible says you've been made in the likeness and in the image of God. How do you speak? With your mouth. God speaks with, God speaks with words. God don't speak in Morse code. God speaks with words. Amen. But see, uh, I know know many of you have never put two and two together, but when when you were, uh, go to the second verse, Joe, on the King James, with that King James version, it says, you know that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb eyes. When you were Gentiles, or in other words, when you were godless. Oh, listen to this. Oh, see, some of us have never put this together. Uh, we, we never put two and two together. He said, when you were Gentiles, you were carried away under these dumb idols. In other words, you gave yourself over to gods that couldn't speak. Listen, if you weren't following words when you were following after idols, what were you following after? Amen. Amen. See, when we're in the world, we're trained to follow our feelings. Go after your passions. Follow your, oh, come on, somebody. If it feels good, do it. See, when you don't have, when you you have a God that is mute, that doesn't speak. See, that's what differentiates our God from every other God. We serve a God that talks. He gives instruction. He says. And so you know what? We don't have to rely on our feelings. We can rely on what he says. We can look into the word of God and we can know based on what he said. Whether, like that woman when she said, uh, God told me to divorce my husband. No, that can't be. Because every, throughout his word, what he said is don't do that. And I know, listen, I know that's rough. I know if you've been divorced, you can, you can hear that and it can kind of cause you to bristle up a little bit because you're like, what are you trying to say? Well, we're just trying to say what we're trying to say. God is still standing where he's always stood. God's, the Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God hasn't changed his stance based on the culture, based on society, based on laws that have been passed. God still feels the same way about those things today as he has always felt. And sometimes we fall in the position that he's in, and sometimes we fall into another position. Well, when we get out of position, we ask for forgiveness. We ask him to help us. We repent, and we try to move on to follow his plan. We, we don't try to justify and vindicate and, and, and cover up and try to feel better about it. We suck. Period. You're always going to suck. Get over it. 
Embrace the suckage. Don't, don't live your life based on that. Listen, you know what? When the devil comes and says, you suck, you, you know what you say? Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. But praise God, I serve a good God. Amen. He who knew no sin became sin for me that I might be made the righteousness of God in it. Bless God, I suck, but I'm in right standing with God. Amen. Hallelujah. His favor and his grace is upon Amen. Amen. Now, I'm not even done with this verse of Scripture yet, and I haven't even started. Tyler, I haven't even got to what we're getting to here. <laughs> oh, listen, I might just fall out right now. You know, <laughs> so, if, you, so if, if, if when we serve non-talking gods, if they didn't speak, how did we follow? Well, we know, you all know. You, you, you went by feelings. You went by circumstances. That's how you lived your life. But that's not how we're led today. So here's what his next verse. Wherefore, I give you, okay. Therefore, I want you to understand. So what did he say about the thing is the spirit? Don't be ignorant. Now he's telling them, now understand this. Here's how you understand the things of the spirit. We, we should have we used this verse to look at, and we should use this verse to look at everything that's going on in the body of Christ, in the church. Listen, if you're in a meeting and you get a check in your spirit, remember this verse. Therefore, I want you to understand, I'm going to read this in English Standard Version. You can put it up in ESV if you would, Joe. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. In other words, if someone is speaking by the Spirit or is really anointed by the Spirit, they're never going to, they're never going to, to uh, uh, push Jesus down. But they're going to, well, then it says, and no, and, uh, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is never really magnified until we get in the, Listen, think about your life. Think about when you really give glory and honor and praise unto the Lord. It's only when you're in the spirit that Jesus is magnified. But when you get in the flesh, circumstances, self, men, the ways of men. See, we, we should have we known when, when Jesus was not magnified. Yeah, the church got a lot of their rights. I remember when Roe v. Wade was struck down, people were like, it's a victory for the church. How exactly? How exactly is that a victory for the church? The fact that they overturned, you know, uh, this uh, Roe v. Wade. How, well, you know, they, they, they made uh, abortion illegal. You think that's going to stop people from killing babies? It's not the fact that a law was in place to allow the... Listen, people are going to find a way. You know, babies were being aborted before it was legal. And babies will continue to be aborted when it's been made illegal. The only thing that's going to stop it is the entrance of the Holy Spirit into the life of men. And see, that's where we come in. See, the devil wants us wrapped up in these trivial things of, 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 of the natural 
to keep us from really being influential and changing. Listen, the, the spiritual DNA of this nation can be changed if God's people will uh, uh, agree with God's plan. Amen. And so, uh, praise God. I just threw that part in there for free. So that, that's, that's why we've got to, uh, why I got into these, you know, discerning the voice of God. And, and because we, ha- we, have to, we have to be careful that um, in, in, in everything that we're doing, in everything that we're seeing, Armor Bearer book. Now, some of you that aren't part of our church, we, we, we're, doing, we're doing a little study out of the Armor Bearer book. How many of you that are part of our church, when you're reading that Armor Bearer book, um, when he talked about uh, in that book about uh, you need to serve your leader, you need to be loyal to your leader, and when you heard language like that, how many of you, it kind of set off a little bit of something in you when you, when you're, anybody? Did it, did it, did it, it, it kind of mess with you, don't it? A little bit. But the, the reason why some of it, it didn't mess with some of y'all is because some of you all interpreted it through what you know that I have taught. You're like, well, what he's saying is we're serving the Lord, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, but some people, they'll read that and they don't see it that way because they don't walk by the spirit. And so they think that somehow or another, they're earning a place, a spiritual place and a, a, a favorable place before God because they're serving a man. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you should never be serving a man. If you're doing something for me, it shouldn't be because you're serving me. If you're serving me, you ought to be doing it because you're serving the Lord. If you're pulling a trash bag out of my hand, it shouldn't be because that's my pastor and I'm not going to let him do nothing. It ought to be, Lord, this is, amen. You know, Ted has been traveling with me for nearly 40 years. I mean, we're getting long in the tooth together. Oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> and when the Lord spoke to Ted to come be a part of my ministry, the Lord, and I didn't, I didn't understand this. I didn't really want this. Ted made me so, Ted made me so, number one, I hope you all don't, Ted was a white man. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> and, and I'm, not, I'm not a racist, but when you grow up in a Hispanic home, well, we was racist. So anyhow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because when you grow up in a in a in a home of minority, you 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 think of other cultures a different, and sometimes you think in a negative way. Well, you know, Ted wasn't just a white man; he was a really white man. He was he was a white man with a southern accent. He was a white man with a southern accent and a cowboy shirt on. You know, it just kept going. It kept going down farther and farther and farther. Uh, he had, now again, I'm not. Uh, this isn't my thoughts now. But he then he told me this. I was in the FFA. He just kept getting more white, Ralph. He's about to disappear on me. And so and so Ted was like, we used to call people that were in that category when we was in school goat ropers. I was more a hood. And Ted was, Ted was on the other end of the spectrum. 
But you know, the Lord brought Ted, and when the Lord brought Ted, he was, he was, he's nine years older than I am. I know it's hard to believe, but uh, I tried not to get my hair cut too short. I thought people would mistake us, but <laughs> I came in the house after that last haircut, and uh, Annie says, Ted, don't you knock anymore? I was like, it's me. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Ted said, Lord, call me to travel with you. Listen, I didn't want Ted to travel with me because Ted and I were from opposite ends of the spectrum in the natural. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I have sent Ted to help you. And I was like, Lord, how's that man going to help me? I had no idea. I had no idea. He would pester me. He loved talking on the phone. I called him the operator. He loved talking on the phone. I hated talking on the phone. He would call me and he would spend hours just, and talk about just, uh, you, listen, you get on the phone with Ted, you don't have to have a subject. You don't, you don't even have to interject. In fact, you can put him on hold and come back 30 minutes later, he's still going. I've done it. No, no. It, <laughs> no, no. Anyhow. There were, there were all these things that were opposite. And then I had him come to my house one day, and he'd come, he come to my house, and, and uh, he'd go to the trash bin and start taking, putting the trash together. He'd go to taking out my trash, Ralph. I was like, Ted, what are you doing? He said, I'm taking out your trash. I said, leave it alone. I mean, you know, it's uncomfortable to have someone roll up in your house and then go messing with your trash. Well, you know what? He didn't listen to one word I said. I was like, Ted, Ted, put it down. I'm, I'm just going to run it outside. I'm running outside. Now, I was like, yeah, this guy's crazy. Then he comes in. He starts doing dishes. I'm like, Ted, what are you doing? And, of course, inevitably, he breaks something. You know, oh, I'm sorry. I'll buy you another one. Ted, leave my stuff alone. Don't touch He's washing dishes. I'm like, leave it alone. If any of you have ever had Ted over, he'll do the same thing at your place. And you'd be like, leave it alone. Don't touch it. But Ted kept, he kept on. He's kept, he kept on. And I was like, what are you doing? He said, the Lord told me I'm supposed to help you. I said, well, you know, help me, but I don't, I'm, I'm capable of doing dishes and taking out the trash. He said, I ain't doing it for you. I'm doing it for him. You know, when he started telling me that, I was like, ugh. I had to get over the discomfort. You know what? Some people think it's what I require. And there are other preachers that see it happen, and then they start requiring that of their people. You're supposed to serve me. No, we're supposed to serve the... Because no man speaking by the Spirit ever puts Jesus down and lifts up a man. Are y'all hearing this today? But, but in, as Ted served, do you know as Ted served, do you know who would get exalted and glorified and magnified? It never was me. No, in fact, if you hang out with Ted, Ted will get you questioning my salvation. He will tell stories from a perspective that are so bizarre. I'm, I, wonder where, I, I wonder where some of these things happen. I'm like, how are you telling that? Yeah, one time, Brother Ziggy, he smacked me upside the head. I woke him up, and he, he, he punched me. 
Yeah, you had to be careful when you travel with Brother Ziggy because if you got close to him in the morning, you might wake up, you might wake up, come up off the floor with a black eye. People are like, dear God, what's going on in that ministry? Here's what people don't know. When someone, when someone be, when someone like Ted be right up in your face going, brother, brother. Hey, brother, because we stayed in the same. I'm, I'm convinced that's probably why. You know, some people said, you got to be careful when you travel. You know, them women be coming to your hotel. We never had no women come to my hotel. Me and Ted, we stayed in the same room. Okay. <sighs> now, I'm, 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 I'm fully persuaded he kept me out of trouble. Not, not on. We didn't do. We didn't do that because we thought we was gonna get in trouble. We did that because it just seemed like the thing to do. It cost less money. So he'd be over there next week. <laughs> see, see, people think Ted's happy. Ted would smile in his sleep. Sometimes I'd wake him up. I'm like, I don't know what you're dreaming about, but it can't be good. <clears throat> <laughs> but yeah, but when you when someone you sleep with and someone your brother, 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 yeah, I woke up, I pie faced him. Get out of my face, Ted. You haven't even brushed your teeth yet, you all brother, brother. <laughs> this this dude here would drag people from church into my room while I'm asleep. He'd see him in the hotel lobby. They're like, hey, Brother Ted, I really wanted Brother Ziggy to pray for me. Oh, he'll pray for you. Come on. Six see, Rachel, you, you think it's right? Listen, that, and you guys wonder why I pick on him. Because at 6 in the morning one morning, I am awakened. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. Brother. And, and, and the guy's like, oh, I don't want to disturb it. Oh, it's all right. He wants to pray for you. Oh, yeah, Ted, I'm about to lay hands on you, my brother. That morning I had a word for Ted, but it wasn't a good word. I hadn't had them words since I was uh, lost. <laughs> it wasn't a word from God. I'll tell you that right now. I wake up, here's someone from, someone from the meetings. I don't even know them. I mean, they're, uh, any, any, any preconceived ideas they had about me being the man of God left right then. Because I had hair then, and it was all jacked up. That one eye open. Hey, brother, Ziggy, this fella here, he wanted prayer. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? But you know what? But honestly, honestly, you know, Ted, Ted never did the things that he did. I mean, you could tell it wasn't, it wasn't about me. If it had been about me, he'd have left me alone. But he, he kept his focus on now. Listen, don't get any ideas, y'all. Well, Pastor Zig said it's about Jesus, so we're going to, no, no, no. Anyway. 
But Ted, he, he never magnified me. He magnified the Lord. No man speaking by the Spirit calls Jesus a curse. And no man can say Jesus is Lord. Or in other words, exalt the Lordship of Jesus unless it's by the Spirit. Amen. Unless it's by the Spirit. And so we as God's people, if, if we're going to agree with God's plan, if we're going to agree with God's plan for our life, we've got to know what the Word of God says. We've got to identify what goes on in our lives in, in the church some of you follow after ministries uh, uh, that don't uh, exalt the lordship of Jesus. I had a fellow. I had a fellow that that uh, I, I uh, he left. Uh, he left his church. He was a worship leader. He came and I um, I took him traveling with me for a bit uh, while he was kind of in between trying to figure out what the Lord wanted him to do. And the church that he had gone to. In fact, Nakia went to the church he went to. In fact, Nakia is very close to this fellow. Um, great worship leader, but I, I took him with me to Queen City, Texas. And um, again, I mean, I always have people that are traveling with me. I just have them stay in the same room I'm staying in. I figure, you know, uh, keep, keep each other company or whatever and, and to keep us out of trouble. But we, uh, I took this young man with me and we check into the hotel and uh, I get out the ironing board and the iron because I'm getting ready to iron my shirt for service. It was a, a little bit wrinkled. And so I got out the iron board. When I came out to, uh, to get my shirt uh, ironed, this fellow was ironing my shirt. And I said, hey, what are you doing? He says, I'm ironing your shirt. I'm like, I'm picky. Don't touch it. He's like, well, I'm just trying to serve you. I said, you, I, you ain't called to serve me. Well, the, the last pastor I was with, they, he required me to do this. I was like, you better be glad you're out of that church. Come on, y'all. Y'all looking at me like a, oh, Brother Siggy, we see people around here all the time doing things. Yeah, but you ought to be doing it for the glory of God. You ought to be hoping that Jesus is magnified through what you're doing. Amen. That, that, that uh, your motivation is that the kingdom be helped. Not that I be helped, but that the kingdom be furthered. Amen. Thank God. But see, that's how we discern these things, by the word of God. Can you see that? Can you see what I'm talking about? Now, go with me to another verse of Scripture in the book of, uh, in the book of John. Boy, I'm actually going to get to two verses. Book of John, chapter, uh, chapter 4. We got about 30 more minutes here. John, chapter 4. Great verse of Scripture. Hallelujah. You know, I, I said I was going to talk about... Um, yeah, we're, we're still in there. Uh, John chapter 4. Let me find it. <clears throat> now, verse 1. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was uh, uh, making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize. <laughs> you know, you know, I had a girl in this church. She wanted to be baptized, and, and we, I had no problem with her being baptized. But... She, she was like, I want to be baptized. And she was pestering Sheree. And Sheree, Sheree's like, well, you, we'll we're, we're going to have baptisms, but uh, uh, we'll, uh, it probably won't happen for another few months. This is the dead of winter. Uh, it probably won't happen for a few months. And, and uh, she goes, how can you deny me? Jesus wouldn't deny me baptism. And Sheree said, I ain't denying you baptism. She said, if you really want to get baptized, she said, let's go fill up the bathtub. We'll get it done right now. 
Well, I want Pastor Ziggy to baptize me. She, Sheree said, Pastor Ziggy don't baptize nobody. She said, I don't think I've seen Pastor Ziggy a wet unless he walked through the rain. She's like, well, Jesus would have baptized me. You know what this verse says? <laughs> Although Jesus himself did not baptize. <laughs> but his disciples, amen. What, what Sheree told me that, I said, just read her that verse of scripture. Sheree didn't, she didn't like it. See, that, that's, the, that's the thing, is that if things don't go our way, we don't like it. But we, see, we have, Amen. Now, have I baptized people? Yeah. Well, see, he only baptizes those that give big tithes. See, that's, that's, what people will, that's what people will do. I'm like, listen, if you say that about me and I baptize you, I'm holding you down till you see Jesus. I ain't letting you up until you get a revelation. Amen. Did you see him? No. Oh, you're going down again. Amen. <laughs> Amy's like, remind me to not get baptized in this church. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, you already did. <laughs> Was it me that baptized you? <laughs> did I hold you down a long time? Okay, praise God. See, that means you're all right, amen. <laughs> the longer you get held down, the more you know you need, amen. <laughs> no, I'll just play. So he left Judea, he departed again for Galilee. Verse, uh, verse 4. And he had to pass through Samaria, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sakar, near the field of Jacob uh, that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, uh, wearied as he was uh, from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. And a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me to drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, uh, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Now, now I know that we, I, I don't want to super be super dissecting these verses, but I want to ask you a question. What, what conclusion can you draw from the words that Jesus spoke here? I mean, Jesus, number one, Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So Jesus engages in a conversation with someone who is by the law. And, you know, this was another thing that when Christians were talking about, you know, we're staying home, you know, COVID. Ah. And, and they're like, you know, and, and, and we kept telling them, don't, don't quit going to church. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Well, you know, the Bible says obey the laws of the land. The Lord isn't pleased when we disobey the law. Look what Jesus did. You know, you obey the law of the land until the Lord says, I need for you to do this. Amen. That's why I got that ticket the other day. No, no, that's not why. No, 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 I'm just playing, I'm just playing. Anyway, so... So Jesus, number one, Jesus engages with... Get this, Jesus engages in conversation with a woman that it's unlawful for him to engage in conversation with. So what, can we, what conclusion can we come to? Jesus never did anything unless it was the will of the Father. 
unless he knew that it was a part of God's plan. So Jesus had to do something that went against his, you know, his, uh, uh, his culture to do what God told him to do. So we know that he's motivated and led by the Spirit. The Spirit is leading. So Jesus, uh, Jesus says to this woman, if you, she says, wait a minute, you're a Jew. How can you be talking with me, you being a Jew? And he says, that, he says this to her, if you knew the gift of God, who it is that say you give me a drink, you would have asked him that he would give you living water. What conclusion can you come to based on that verse of scripture? Jesus is trying to get something across to this Samaritan. There's something that he wants to give to her. Well, what is it? Living water. Living water. Do you know what's revealed in these verses of Scripture? The plan of God. It's the plan of God for this woman to uh, encounter God and the Spirit of God on a level that people uh, from her culture have never experienced before. God, Jesus is about to, Jesus wants to deliver to her something that she has never had before. Amen. Next verse. The woman saith unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. She's thinking in the natural. She's, because she's a Gentile and given herself to dumb idols, she's not listening to his words, but she's going by what she sees in the natural, what she feels in the natural, what she knows in the natural. I'm showing you a picture of what I'm talking about. The woman says to him, sir, you don't have a, you don't have a bucket. <laughs> and that well is deep. How then are you going to give me this water? Next verse. Are you greater? <laughs> See, she, she hadn't figured it out yet. Are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank here himself and his children and his cattle? Next verse. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks this water will thirst again. Next verse. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give shall never thirst. But the water that I will give shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Next verse. The, the woman says to him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not. But, but again, she's still thinking in the natural. So I don't have to come down here and get water all the time. Next verse. Jesus saith unto her, <laughs> this is where it gets interesting. Go call thy husband and come, come over here. Next verse. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus, Jesus said to her, boy, you said that right. <laughs> you have no husband. Next verse. For you have had five husbands and the one you have now. Ain't your husband, but he might as well be. <laughs> uh, that you said for certain. Amen. And I know I'm zigifying this a little bit, but it's helping you out. Next verse, the woman saith unto him, now get this, finally, it clicks, finally clicks. So what, what are we talking about? Agreeing with God's plan, agreeing with God's plan. Say agree with God's plan. 
when we agree with God's plan, we set ourselves up for the supernatural and for the Listen, all of this, all of this positioning and all this stuff that we have done, you know, uh, fasting has its place. I think we ought to fast. I think it's good for people to fast. Um, praying, prayer is a, it's vital. It's essential. It's something that we ought to do. Uh, the word of God, it's essential. It's something that we ought to do. But you know what we've got to really figure out? What be God's plan and what be God's will? What is he saying today? What is he saying to you right now? Why, why did God bring you all the way to Oklahoma City? Why, why has the Lord brought you here on a Tuesday morning when, you know, there are other things that you know you should be doing or could be? Why is it that you're here? Is this by chance? Did you do this as an adventure just to, just to get away, just to have a vacation? Listen, I hope not. I hope that some of you will recognize and discern that even though you thought you were doing this for some other reason, God has another God has another plan. He has another reason. You may, have, you, you may feel like you've just been droning along. But you know, the Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. God has, God has a plan that maybe you know nothing about, just like this woman. But there came a point in time where uh, the opportunity came for her to uh, agree with the plan. And here's where it hit her. She said... She says to him, sir, I perceive. Say, I perceive. Listen, I perceive. Or in other words, I discern. I'm, I'm starting to get it. I'm, I'm, here's, here's a Samaritan woman, someone who isn't even one of God's children, and she's getting it. I perceive you're a prophet. Next verse. But then she gets off course. Once she perceived he was a prophet, you, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Once you, once you understand what God's plan is, I made a big mistake. I made a big mistake during what people call the pandemic. Probably one of the largest mistakes I've ever made in ministry and didn't really know it until I was at the Campbell's church last time we were there. And while I was preaching, it came out of my own mouth. I thought, dear God. Had no time to get isolate and get by myself and cried out. No, I just, it was like pulling off a Band-Aid in front of everyone and everybody looking and going, I'll cover that back up. <laughs> while, while I was preaching at the campuser, the Lord reminded me of something. During the, during the beginnings of when uh, the shutdowns began to happen, and, and you, most of you know the stance that we took, we didn't shut down, we refused to shut down. Uh, we refused to do what the government wanted us to do, not because we were being contrary, but because uh, we were convicted by, I was convicted by the Spirit. I say we, I include you because you all, uh, well, people had to make a decision. People had to make a decision. You had to make a decision uh, based not on, uh, well, you know, most people were by feeling. Uh, people unfriended me. You all know the, the whole thing. Uh, lots of people were, uh, we, uh, they, had, they had told us there couldn't be any more than 10 people. Then they dropped it. You couldn't have any more than five people. We went to the Campbell's church because nobody wanted to have service. And that little church was packed up so much with people. Uh, you, we had to, we, it, was like a, it was like a Japanese subway. We had to grease people up and get them through the door, just to shut the door. I mean, I'm literally pushing people's butts. You know, get in there. And and then of course, Sheree, being who she is, she breaks out her she breaks out her phone, Facebook Live. 
Get here to Shawnee. The comments start immediately from Christians. That looks like more than five people. Why are you all not being compliant? <laughs> yeah, Sheree, Sheree, just, she, Sheree turned off her message notification. She swiped it off. <laughs> Boy, but did we get in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. You're getting people sick. No, we're getting people well. Amen. So we, we got out there. Now, there were people in our church even that were not in agreement with what I was saying and what I was doing. And you know what? Those people were welcome to go find someone that they could get in alignment with. Someone who heard the Lord saying something different. Did the Lord say something different to other people? I don't know. I only know what he told me. And when I, when I look at Scripture, what he told me looked more like what we saw in Scripture than what other people were doing. You know what? Jesus, Jesus didn't put on gloves and a mask and a hazmat suit to lay hands on people that were unlawful. A woman with an issue of blood came and touched him, and he didn't look at her and say, where's your mask? Glory to God. In fact, Jesus went running. Jesus went running right into crisis. Right into the middle of difficulty. You know, God didn't create us to sit on the sideline and protect ourselves when the time came for us to kick in and to do what he constructed us and what he called us. And what, you know what? The Bible says this. He when, he, when Jesus left here, he said this. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name you'll cast out devils. You'll speak with new tongues. You'll take up serpents. And if you drink any deadly thing... It won't hurt you, and you will lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Nowhere in that scripture does it say if your life is in. In fact, Jesus said this. If, you'll, if you save your life, you'll lose it. But if you will lose your life for my sake. Come on, y'all. Again, discerning. That, that, that's where people, you know, we, we don't really understand this, but it was, oh, dear God, I got to hurry. It was, it, was, it was during that 2020, March of 20, that things really splintered, not only in the world, but in the church. And all of a sudden, people began to develop their own ideas and their own thinking, and they began to follow their own convictions. Well, what about the Bible? That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's unlawful to have church. Well, it's unlawful for Jesus to talk to a Samaritan. It was unlawful for a woman with an issue of blood to touch him. Jesus should have, there, there should have been consequences for Jesus and the woman. He should have picked up stones along with the Pharisees and stoned the, uh, the, the uh, hooker. The woman caught in adultery. He 
Amen. See, we, we do this according to the Word of God. Okay, y'all got that. I, I don't think I have to keep on. But I want you to notice this woman. Even though God's plan was revealed, what was the plan? Living water. The plan was living water. She even figured it out. You're a prophet. See, here's what happened to me at that pandemic. I, I didn't find this out, Ralph, until recently. It hadn't even been a year. It's been months, right? Just a, When was it? In a, uh, What were we in? So October or maybe? Uh, maybe October? Is that when the last time we went? Maybe somewhere around there? Uh, I'm up preaching the Lord. You know what the Lord told me when that pandemic broke? He said this. He said, I want, you to, I want you to tell people what I'm telling you. Tell them don't quit going to church. Tell them to continue to gather. Tell them to stand on my word. Tell them to believe uh, my word. Tell them to rely on me, to trust me. And I, and I was like, all right. You know, I'll, I mean, I'll tell them. I said, but God, I, I don't really have a loud voice. Don't nobody know me. I have a, you know, I have 5,000 friends on Facebook. I have several, you know, 100 uh, followers on, on Instagram, thanks to Gabe. And, you know, I have, I, I, say I have a few people that I'm influential over. I said, but Lord, you're going to have to speak to someone who has a voice. And, and the Lord kept telling me, he said, you say it. And I'm like, but Lord, I don't have a voice. You know what? what if God goes to telling you to say, don't go questioning God about don't tell them how little your mouth is. You know, Moses did the same thing. God said, I want you to talk. Moses said, Lord, I can't talk. I'm, I got a speech impediment. You need to, you need to, you need to speak through someone that ha that's more capable. Someone who has a better, you know, better uh, vocabulary than what I have. See, so Instead of responding to God in the way that we should, if you know what, if God tells you, get up, go lay your hands on that person, don't say, if you don't have any, if, if you if, say you, you don't have any hands, if God tells you to go lay your hands on someone, don't respond with, I have no hands. That's what we do in the natural. But what, but what we ought to be doing by the Spirit, if God says, go lay your hands, that might mean something. If you have no hands, you might be you might be fixing to get some. And see, when God told me to speak and to be a voice, I told him I wasn't a voice. What I didn't discern, what I didn't perceive was that God intended to make me a louder voice in this season and in this generation. And because I was like Gideon, when God looked at Gideon and said, mighty man, you know, mighty man of what, what was he called him? Valor, mighty man of valor. And, and Gideon's response was, if I'm, if I'm so valorious, <laughs> why in the world are we going through this? You know what God wants? God wants us to agree with it. To agree with whose plan? You know what this woman, the next words out of this woman's mouth when she said, perceived he was, this is what she should have said. Lay it on me. Instead, she got into a philosophical, religious, theological argument. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. They say in Jerusalem. You say in Jerusalem is the place we ought to worship. Next verse. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour. And Jesus trying to help her out. 
Listen, listen to me, woman. Hours coming, it ain't going to matter. You're talking about things that don't even matter. Next verse. You're worshiping somebody you don't even know nothing about. Because salvation is for the Jews. Next verse. But the hour comes and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and the truth. The Father seeks such to worship him. Next verse. God is a spirit and they that worship him. Again, you see, God, he's, he's, he's emphasizing the spirit. Those who worship him, worship him in spirit and truth. Next verse. So the woman said to him, I know Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. Next verse. Jesus saith, I that speak unto thee. And he, boy, he, he was just straight out. It's me. Next verse. And upon this came his disciples, marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no man said, What seekest thou, and why talkest with her? Because they, that was smart. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and saith unto the men, because <laughs> she knew the men, Come and see. <laughs> True. And here's what she said, come see a man. Not just any ordinary man. See, that's what we're doing with revival here. Come see a man. Which told me all things that ever I did is not this the Christ. Next verse. Uh, then they went out of the city and came unto him. Next verse. Let's just keep moving through this. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat that you know not of. Therefore said his disciples one to another, uh, hath any man brought... Again, see how all these people in the... Na Jesus is trying to deal with people by the Spirit, and none of them can get it. They're, they're all still oblivious, caught up in what they feel, what they see, what they think. Next verse. Jesus saith unto him, my meat is to what? Is to do the will, to agree with the plan... To do the will to agree with the plan of him that sent me and to finish his work. Glory to God. Glory to God. So there are some principles at work here. And I'm, I'm going I'm to end with this. There are some principles at work here. Number one is the principle of agreement. The principle of agreement. And we, 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 you say, well, what, where do we find that in Scripture? Uh, somewhere. <laughs> book, book, right there, but book of Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. Matthew 18, verse 19. I'll finish up with this. Is, has this helped anybody here today? Again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as to touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. This is the law of agreement. This is the law of agreement. That if any two agree on earth as touching anything. So here's the thing. Sometimes we think of agreeing just with other people. But you know what? When we agree with God and with his plan, then anything that is according to his plan is going to be done by the Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. 
And so uh, the law of agreement is something that we, as God's people, have to not only exercise along with God, but with one another. You know what? Instead of discouraging one another about the plan of God, uh, you know, there, there are times that um, my son, Gabe, you know, there have been times that some of the things that he has uh, uh, chosen. What, what, uh, my daughter, she chose when she went into high school to, uh, we, we had a discussion. She decided that she was going to uh, spend her uh, high school uh, years pursuing academic accomplishment. She wanted to become valedictorian. She did. At the same time, uh, Gabe started in high school, and I said, Gabe, what do you want to do with your high school career? He said, I do not want to be valedictorian. <laughs> Those were the exact words that came out of his mouth. I do not want to be valedictorian. Now, you know what? I, I then had to determine whether or not that I felt like that was the plan of God. And if I thought that was the plan of God, then, you know, I had to try to help guide Gabe in the direction that would be God's plan. Well, when he said it, I already knew it. I knew that. Now, listen, I, he's, he's, he's sharp as a tack. The dude is smart. Cheated his way all, through, all the way through high school. Not, not because he's ignorant, but because it was easier. Because he's smart. Every bit as smart as his sister. In fact, scored higher on his SAT than his sister did, who was valedictorian. So he's smart. But you know what? He, he said, I said, so what are you going to... Again, these children that are in here, I'm not condoning cheating. I'm not doing that. I'm not condoning that. <clears throat> I said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to pursue uh, music. You know what? That settled right in my... Now, as a, as a, it didn't settle with dad. Dad was like, you need to get good grades. You need to, you know, go in. In fact, my kids didn't believe they had a choice whether they go to college or not. They believed that they had to go. And he believed that all the way through. His, in fact, he got out of, he's getting out of high school. He's in his senior year. He's going and visiting college campuses because he's like, this is going to suck big time. I got to go to college. And I kept letting him believe that until we knew something different. We established that early. But see, dad, if, if dad had had his rathers, I'd rather have him out of my house than at college. Not because I don't love him or he's a nuisance, but as a dad, I want to see that, that progress. But you know what? Then the Spirit of God began to tell me, uh, no, he's going to hang out with you. I said, Lord, I've supported him all his life. He said, you're going to support him some more. Now you're going to support his ministry. Now, you, now you're going to pay him. to. I was like, he's my son. I ain't got to pay him. I done paid him. Lord, you know how much I paid for that boy already? I've invested millions of dollars in that kid. But see, but it got off into something else. The Lord's like, now you make it. Now you sowing. Come on, somebody. Now you sowing into ministry. I'll never forget the day I said, Gabe, what do you think about college? Do you think you're supposed to go to college? He's like, well, I don't want to go, but I have to go. I said, I'm thinking you're not supposed to go. He's like, me too. <laughs> the law of agreement. 
<laughs> so we agreed with God's plan. Even though God's plan is kind of, you know, we don't, we don't know the ins, the outs, the ups and downs, how things are going to, but we do know it's the plan of God and we're committed to it. When we agree, say the law of agreement. Agree with God's plan, church. Agree with God's plan. You know what it will result in? Miracles. The supernatural breaking out in your life. Amen. So we agreed with God's plan, and it set things on course and set things in motion that are moving in that direction right now. You know what? Gabe received the call to preach. As a result of that, preached his first message in this church a, a month or so ago. And uh, it's and it's been evidenced that there's certainly a gift and a call in his life. See, these are the, this is how we come into that place where we discover the, the purpose for which we were designed and the power of the anointing that God has placed on our lives to be able to fulfill that plan. All right. I, I, I could tell we're we're about there. So. Uh, there's another principle that has to be enacted when the, you do the law of agreement. And I will, we'll, we'll, I'll just say this real quick because most of you know about this. The law of confession. Once you find out the plan, you got to line your mouth up with the plan. If you're going to come into agreement, you're, it starts with your mouth. It starts with your mouth. And so you begin to say, amen. You begin to say. Jesus said, said there was something powerful about saying, if you'll say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which you say will come to pass, you'll have whatever you say. <clears throat> Four types of confession, and I'm going to quit with this. Four types of confession. Number one, First type of confession, Matthew chapter 3, verse 6. Uh, the Jews confess their sins. Matthew chapter 3, verse 6. Can you pull up real quick? I can tell we're almost done because Isaac's getting restless. Isaac's like, it's time to eat. I went jogging and I need to carb up. Talking about the Jews, it says, and they were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. That word confession uh, there is a one form of confession, one type of confession, which is, which is the confessing of the sins of the Jews that Scripture refers to. Another type of confession, Romans chapter 10, starting with verse 9. The confession of the Lord Jesus Christ by sinners. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Another kind of confession, type of confession. Number three, third type of confession, 1 John 1, 9. This confession is for believers that are um, out of fellowship. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But here's the confession we want to look at. Again, Romans chapter 10, verse 10. This is the type of confession that we're talking about. When, when, when you implement the law of agreement and the law of confession, it's this type of confession. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. Romans chapter 10. 
For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That word confession in this verse of scripture is the Greek word homologio. I know it's a strange word. Homologio. It's, it's spelled just like it sounds. Homologio. It does sound like a sandwich. You shouldn't have mentioned that. I wasn't hungry until you said that. <laughs> Molfetta. Mol, is that what is that sandwich is over at uh, Jason's Deli? Uh, mo, 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 something like that. It's a homologio. <clears throat> so confessing, this, this type of confession is confessing your faith in the word of God in Christ. Confessing your faith in the word of God in Christ. So your confession is made unto salvation. You're confessing your faith. Homologio. So, the, so homologio means this. The word homo meaning the same. Logio for logos or logos, which is the word of God. So here's what that confession is. Saying the same thing God says. Homologio. Saying the same thing God says. Agreeing with God's plan. Say homologio. Saying what God says. Amen. There's one other place in scripture that talks about uh, something to this effect, and it was, it's, uh, it's in one of the Samuels. I can't remember which one. I probably first Samuel, maybe chapter ten. I, I don't remember, so you you can look there. I, I, but it's when Samuel the prophet prophesies over Saul, and he says, "You need to go over to the mountain of God, where there's a garrison of the Philistines." And when you arrive at this place, you're going to meet a company of prophets coming down off the mountain, and those prophets are going to be prophesying. Then he says this to Saul. He said, when you meet these priests, that are these prophets that are prophesying, the spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you. Is that it? Yeah. After that thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines? And it shall come to pass that when thou art come thither to the city, that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery, with a tabret, with a pipe, with a heart before them, and they shall prophesy. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them. You know what? It's not saying that you're going to get a different prophecy than they get. When, when it says you're going to prophesy with it, here's what it's saying. You're going to come into agreement with what they're saying. You're going to say what they say. You're going to agree with them. You're going to say what they say. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Can y'all see any of this coming together? Are, are there some puzzle pieces coming together for you in Scripture as we go through this? You know, the Bible uh, will harmonize with itself when you see the full picture. I hope this isn't going over some of y'all's heads. But anyway, uh, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. You will prophesy with it. And look what, look what the results are, Lee. Look at what the results are. When you come into agreement, with God's plan, when you come into agreement with, with, with men and women of God, when you come into agreement with your mouth and with your resolve and with your spirit, you're going to prophesy with them and you will be turned into another man. Well, what man you reckon you're going to be turned into? The man God planned on you being. Amen. 
If, if God planned on you being a dead raiser, that's what you're going to be turned into, a dead raiser. And if God planned you for you to be a sick healer, then guess what? That's the man you're going to be turned into. Glory to God. If God, if God planned for you to be a man that financed the kingdom, that wrote fat checks, guess what? You're going to be a fat check writer. Glory to God. Amen. If God planned on you uh, to be one who went and declared the good news and the gospel to millions and millions of people all over planet Earth, then bless God if that's what he intended for you to be that'll be the man that God turns you into stand up with me but it's when we come into agreement with God's plan wow I finally got that out Ted glory to God amen for weeks I've been trying to tell you all this <laughs> amen glory to God amen Brandon's like it took a while Ayla would have said it in 10 minutes but anyhow I saw Ayla's notes. It's only this big. Amen. She, she's like, yeah, I'm going to get the high spots here. Glory to God. Can you all can see this, how transformative this is? How life-changing this will be. You know, uh, if you want to step over into a greater flow of the anointing, start saying what God says. You know what, Ralph? I should have said, yes, Lord. When he said to speak, to say, to be a voice, I should have been like, yes, Lord. I should, I should have just started talking. I should have started screaming. I should have started screaming and yelling. I, I should have got the webcam on right then and been like, I have a word for you. Oh, yeah. And the Lord, listen, I'll tell you, I, I know, because there were many people that weren't voices to this nation, and some of the flakiest voices rose up yeah. during that time. But you know what? I ain't about to miss it again. The minute he tells me anything, I'm just going to, what have I got to lose? What have I got to lose? What have you got to lose? Praise God. What do you got to lose, Gabe? Glory to God. Nothing. Amen. Now it's time for you to get what? Come here, Gabe. I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm. And then I'm going to pray, maybe, maybe we'll pray, I'll pray for everybody, but I just want to say this, I want to declare this over you. And now's the time for you to step out, because the Lord says you're in a safe place to do it. And I hear God saying that there's some things you've been reluctant about, but, but the Lord says, He says you've been waiting. You've been waiting to be assured that what you're hearing has come out of the Spirit. But I, I hear the Lord saying this, you're going to more clearly, you're going to be able to more clearly identify what the Spirit is saying. Where's, where's, where's Annie? You back there, Mama? Did she go to the bathroom? As soon as she come out, send her over here. <sighs> she stepped out right when you up here. Helebrosea. <laughs> I, I hear the Lord saying that uh, uh, he's going to make it more clear to you those things that have come out of the Holy Spirit and those things that have just been uh, personal desires. 
Because the Lord says that's what, you, that's, what you, that's what concerns you, is that you don't get off into your own personal desires and miss what God is saying. And as a result of you missing what God is saying, you causing trouble or difficulties for yourself. I hear the Lord saying that he sees and he hears and he knows your concerns. And he, he tell me to tell you this, Gabe. He says he wants you to know that you don't need to be afraid that you're going to make wrong decisions. God said, I, I created you with a boldness. The Lord says, I created you. God, God said, when I made you, I didn't make you be, to be quiet and to be soft. The Lord said, I created you to be loud. And some people going to think, they're going to think that you're rough. But God says, it's not that you're rough. It's not that you're obnoxious. The Lord says, it's that I'm raising you up to be a loud voice. A loud voice. Denesa. And I hear the Lord saying that you're going to march uh, toward the front of a generation that the Lord is raising up to introduce the church to the miracle working season of the Spirit. Amen. I hear the Lord saying that you and a generation like you. In fact, I want you other fellas to come up here. That are, uh, I hear the Lord saying that y'all are a part of an army. And I'm not trying to get crazy here. But I, man, man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I hear the Lord saying that y'all are a part of an army that the Lord is raising up. And I hear God saying that your voices have not yet been taken seriously and you've not yet been heard because God says the things that he's saying to you don't make sense to this generation. God says to me, for me, tell you all this, it don't have to make sense to nobody, but to you and to me. Because God says, when you come into agreement with what I say, the Lord says, I'm going to cause you to be transformed into other men. The Lord says, all of a sudden, your countenance is going to change and you are not even going to appear in the eyes of men to be the same people that you were prior to declaring what I said and believing and hanging on to the word that I decreed. But I hear God saying this. He says, there is an anointing that's coming upon the three of you here today. The Lord says that you're going to carry out of this place. The Lord says, you, he says, you're graduating, God says, the tassels being moved over to the other side. Uh, of your of your hat the Lord says you stepping into a new season the Lord says it's a season of miracles God says you heard your fathers talk about it you heard those that came before you talk about a season and a time the Lord says and a time God says that they longed for but they never quite got there they saw glimpses and they saw a little a little uh, a glimpse into that into that place but the Lord says you shall enter into the the full measure, the full measure, the Lord says. It's not a glimpse, the Lord says, it shall be revealed to you, but the Lord says, you shall cross over, the Lord says, and you shall taste of, and you shall handle in your hands, and you shall work, the Lord says, with that which those that came ahead of you longed for and desired, but never were able to touch. But God says, it is unto you and unto your children and unto your children's children to walk in a greater measure of the miracle working, demonstrative, uh, mighty, extraordinary power of my spirit, the Lord says, in order that an entire world might be fully persuaded that I am not dead, but I live and my word remains powerful and sharp. And able, the Lord says, to do and to fulfill, the Lord says, that which I set it out to do. So I lose that to y'all. In the name of Jesus, I declare release of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. 
and of the spirit of the living God. Tenemoro sabone, serviere bere sepede, toliel kiriere besia. Moro sabone nemana. Tell me your name again. Braden. I, I, I hear the Lord saying that there are some things that you, uh, that, that you wrestle with in the spirit of your mind. Questions in regards to uh, uh, things, that, things uh, uh, that, that different people see from different perspectives. And, uh, you, you, you've, uh, and, and I, I believe that you've thought in the past that you ought to be open to every perspective so that you can make better choices. And, but I hear the Lord saying this. He said, I have not called you to flip-flop around on what your ideas and opinions are based on what men say. The Lord says, I set your life on course and I set your life on a track. God says, God says, you've got to come into agreement with what I said. He said, it doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter how persuasive and how, how compelling the argument is that is made. The Lord said, I've spoken to you. I've spoken to your heart. I've spoken to your spirit. I set your life on course for the purpose to which I called you. And so the Lord told me to tell you this. You're going to be about the business of doing what I said. And the Lord said, and no more of your time will be wasted with wringing your hands and trying to figure out what direction you ought to go based on the opinions of some people you don't even know. Glory to God. The Lord says, you don't know them. He said, but you know me. He said, and because you know me, the Lord says, you can agree with me. The Lord tell me to tell you this. You're not going to end up on the junk heap. You're not going to end up like some that when they, when they went to finish their course, when they got to the end of their journey, they, said, they made a declaration like this. I'm not even sure that I believe in God anymore. The Lord says, that's not going to be you. The Lord says, you're going to grow strong. I hear, I hear God tell me to declare this over you. From today forward, you're going to go, grow stronger and stronger. And your relationship is going to get deeper and deeper. And the Lord says, there's nothing that's going to keep you from the from the presence and the plan of the almighty God, the Lord says there are giftings that are being released in you right in this moment as the anointing of God's spirit comes upon you. God says he's going, he, when you leave out of this building today, you're going to leave out of here fully persuaded that you have stood face to face with the almighty God and he has decreed some things over you and he has settled some things. And because those things have been settled, those things are going to be accomplished in the name of Jesus. Thank Thank God. Amen. Come on, someone lift your hands and thank God for what he's doing here today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen, let's stretch our hands to everybody else. We're going to pray for everybody else. Father, we thank you for everyone that's here today. Lord, Annie and I, we stretch our hands toward them. Come on, turn around, stretch your hands with us. We, we release right now by the Spirit. <laughs> Man, y'all, listen, the anointing is here. We release the spirit right now of the living God upon each one of the hearers of this word. And we declare in the name of Jesus transformation. We declare the power of the Holy Ghost. 
being released right now. Ilibota Sapota upon each one in Jesus' name. In Jesus. Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that we're discovering your plan and we're coming into agreement with it and we're being transformed as a result, Lord, of your word and of your spirit. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Everybody that believed it said amen. amen. Thank God. Yeah, give him a hand clap. All right now. Mighty, mighty God. Boy, today was good. Amen. I'm going to have to wipe my brow. Glory to God. Well, listen, I love you guys. We're back here tonight, 7 o'clock. You know, we're not, we're not just going through the, the motions, through the process. We don't have, we don't have a, a set agenda. We're really coming together to let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. Pastor Ben is probably on his way. If he's not already here, he's almost here. He will be here tonight. We love Pastor Ben uh, and his ministry. Only pastor I've ever uh, had fellowship with that uh, was willing to not only facilitate revival, but when it was all over with Pastor Revival. Uh, we have had three extended revival meetings with Pastor Ben. I think the first one lasted, um, the first one lasted, how many times did the, did Elijah, Elijah's servant go up to look at the, seven times, seven weeks. First one was seven weeks. The second time we were at Ben's in Queen City, it went uh, 16 weeks. And the last time we were there, we were there for 25 weeks. And revival, the, the fire of revival falling every, every day. And I've never met anyone like Pastor Ben. And y'all know, he might get up here and we might just all hit the floor. That's kind of the, that's kind of the effect he has on our church. He come up here and he's like, ha, ha, ha. And we're like, oh, oh. Yeah, so, uh, so come with expectation and let's open up our hearts to the Lord and let's, let, let's see what God will do. Amen. So listen, go in his presence. Make sure you bring someone with you. I'll see you guys tonight. Amen. Amen.